Welcome to the Friends and Rivals podcast. Episode 120 of the Friends of Rivals podcast coming at you live and hot. I'm one of your hosts, Tom Harkers. Joining me each week are Stephen Wojtowicz. Happy summer. It's Bill Fougere. Nick Thunderstruck. Loretta. Is it really? Is it today the solstice? Well, when, when our episode comes out of this. Tomorrow. Oh, okay. Okay. That, that, that works. Well, I, and, and the reason why we are recording on a Tuesday and not our typical Monday is because I fucked it all up. I didn't. You did. Mother Nature decided to throw a lightning bolt at my house to knock out a number of things um, that I had to fix today, take off from work, and get repaired of the things that I could repair. Uh, some things are, are left to the professionals, and they will be here uh, tomorrow, or no, Thursday, and uh, to hopefully get everything fixed. But the fun and joy of living in Tampa, Florida, and I can certainly understand why they call them the Tampa Bay Lightning. I mean, why wouldn't they prepare the house for something like that when they're constructing it? It's a um, lightning strike. It's kind of a no. violent thing to happen to a yeah, house. Like there's something you could do electrical-wise to... Yeah, a whole house surge protector. I need to put one in. But why wouldn't they do that when they build the house, knowing that there's going to be thunderstorms? Because it was probably an upgrade at the time and nobody wanted to spend money on it. Nobody wanted to get that option. Getting tile in the bathroom was probably more important than a house surge protector. Yeah, now. Stupid. Yeah, now. Well, look, I don't don't think it was Mother Nature so much as as God trying to smite you. So you should feel lucky that that you'd sidestep that one. Then the house took the hit. Well, what did I do? I didn't do anything. Oh, Jesus. That the list is endless. Yesterday, I didn't, no, I didn't do anything yesterday. I'm not sure I did anything bad over the weekend either. Come on. And it was Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to you all. Come on. And to all the fathers out there. Oh. And happy Juneteenth. For everybody who celebrates Juneteenth also. Because that recently happened. While we're going through the holidays, why is everybody just looking at me blankly? Right. So the uh, Stanley Cup finals are over, and that puts the finishing touches on the 2022-2023 NHL season. And uh, I did go back, and I listened to our predictions episode. Of course. Uh, Everybody was correct except for Steve, who said that uh, every team of ours would win 164 games. And that was incorrect. <laughs> sorry, sorry to tell you. Sorry to break it to you, Val. It was 164 points, really, not 164. Wow, well, whatever. The math there. Whatever. You, you knew what I, you know what I meant. You know what I meant. I was, I'm a little frazzled. All right, calm down, relax. I'm going to screw a lot of things up today. Great. I'm going to give you stats that don't make any sense. Sweet. So it's going to be a 
be a typical could be a typical recording session. The second the second he brings up Panarin's batting average is when I'm clocking out. <laughs> no, I mean, it would be Josh Donaldson's batting average. But Ugh. I mean, can you fucking believe Brian Cashman had the audacity to say that we believe in Josh Donaldson? How are you for what reason? What is he that is a fireable offense? Okay, he's an idiot. Who's who's that that guy in Atlanta? Ron Acuna Jr. or something like that? Yeah, he has more grand slams this year than Donaldson has hits. Hits. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Steve, if you want to keep us on a tight 45, you shouldn't, you know, introduce tangents like that. That wasn't I mean I make it a baseball mention. Yeah, batting average. So that's why I'm just keeping about that. That's on you. Well, well, okay. So that's a fireable offense for Cashman. You know, Boone's fireable offense. The Yankees lineup breathing will be okay if Judge does not return until after the All Star break. Nah, come on. Putrid. How is Hal Steinbrenner not listening to them today and just coming in like? You're you're fine oh, because you guys are a idiot. bunch of fucking idiots. You're fine. He's a bigger idiot than both of them. That's the that's why. Oh my god in heaven! I I, I don't. He's I making don't. James Dolan not look like the worst owner in New York anymore. <laughs> that is, uh, ooh, that is. That, you're saying a lot there, Bill. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. And he's got it coming. Oh my goodness! But the uh, the Vegas Golden Knights are Stanley Cup champions, as Bill and I said all along. Of course, Jonathan. I always said the Western Conference would win. Everybody always believed (laughs) in their Eastern Conference. Nobody (laughs) said that. Nobody. Nobody. Nobody said that. No. Jonathan Marcheseau is a Conn Smythe winner. Um, And and look, Gretzky made the whole hubbub about you know the Conn. No one. No one on the team cares who wins the Conn Smythe Trophy. I don't know about that. I don't think. I don't know about that. I don't think they care. I think they're happy for the guy that won it. Sure. But I don't think they care if they're not the guy that won it. Uh, you don't think some guys are jaded? Like, fuck, I should have. Well, you don't think that Marty Brodeur was like, that fucking John Shabassian Jaguar guy won. I didn't fucking win. You got crazy. I'm fucking Marty Brodeur. I, I fuck my sister-in-law. You know, you really don't think he said that? I, I don't think he said those exact words. No. <laughs> the part about fucking the sister-in-law for sure. He said. He definitely that. said that. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. I I just found it a little fun. Maybe maybe the those Oilers teams they didn't care, but there I think there are some people that, that feel a little takes the, takes the sting out of it when you're walking away with the big trophy and he's walking away with just the con smite. Yeah, I guess, I guess. Um, something that wasn't on the agenda, but since we are doing this on Tuesday, um, well now wait a second, wait a second. I think do you think just going back to that? Do you think Shiger cares that he won the con smite and not the Stanley Cup that year? I think now he looks back on it and says, okay, it's, it's, it's nice that I, that at least won something like that. You don't think that's just a reminder that he didn't get the job done. Yeah. I feel like that would, that would be me. I would never want to even look at that trophy. Nah. If I had it. I agree. No way. I've never wanted to, you know, if you got, if we ever got like a second place medal or something, like I got, I got a second place trophy uh, for some, you know, I don't know when I was like 15 with, with our travel team, like, the fuck was I going to do with that in a second place trophy? Even back then, what the fuck did it mean? Yeah. It's nothing. So I, so I you know, maybe Gretzky's got a point. Yeah, maybe. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Uh, but tomorrow is the uh, 
is the day where the NHL will announce the Hockey Hall of Fame inductees for the class of, what, 2023? Um, and some first-name, uh, first-year eligible players on this ballot. Um, some were a little puzzling, as, as Bill and I were, were reviewing this as we were waiting for you two tardy gentlemen. Um, Jay Bomeister, Ron Hainsey, Dan Hamuse, Alexander Steen and Justin Williams are the forwards of first year eligible players on the Hall Hockey Hall of Fame. Do any of those sound like Hall of Famers? Is there something special they had to do to get on the list or just retire a certain year? Just retire a certain year. Uh, hold on. Maybe uh, blah, blah, blah. the list below includes only first year eligible goaltenders that either played the minimum of 400 NHL uh, regular season games, won over 200 games, or recorded 25 or more NHL shutouts. The forwards and defenders list either played a minimum of 1,000 NHL regular season games uh, or recorded a minimum of 300 goals, 400 assists, or 700 points. So there, so there is, is a criteria. minimum statistically. And, I mean, they all must have got in by the skin <clears throat> of their teeth into those minimums. Um, Ron Hainsey played 1,132 NHL games. Yeah, he sure played a lot. Yeah. Uh, Alexander Steen played 1,018. <laughs> <laughs> Made it by 18 games. <laughs> Who gave a shit about Steen? I, I, that guy wasn't even an all-star. No. Yeah. No, not one of those players is ringing no, a bell. No, he sounds like somebody who's like, going to be in fucking impressions one day. Yeah. Um, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> maybe Justin, maybe Justin Williams, but that's not going to be for his regular season. No, I can tell you no. that. Yeah, that's the thing. He was a, a playoff guy. I mean, yeah. Mr. Game Seven, and you know, he there's no way he had any kind of numbers or any kind of, you know, uh, was he even an All Star more than a, a season? I don't know. At you know, like twelve hundred and sixty four games played, three hundred and twenty goals, four hundred and seventy seven assists. Seven hundred ninety-seven points. Now, three Stanley Cups, uh, two World Listen. Championship titles, and a Conn Smythe. Great role player. Great Real role player. player. He scored no twice. Thirty goals. Thirty goals twice. That's not close to Hall of Fame. Not Great role close. player. Not a Hall of Great. Fame. Perfect. Yeah, I I completely agree. Great guy in the playoffs. I mean, but nowhere near. No, it was, that's not yeah, out of out of that list. If somebody had to go to the Hall of Fame, it would probably be him. Of course, that's not the yeah. rule, but but like no, he's probably not. the closest no. out, of, out of those guys. Of the goaltenders, there's three of them: Corey Crawford, Jimmy Howard, and Hendrick Lundqvist uh, are the three goaltenders. Um, so out of that list, uh, everybody's been talking, and I, I I I don't disagree. I think Hendrick Lundqvist makes it out of those first year eligible guys. Yeah. Um, but there are there are some names. There are some names. On the statistical uh, statistical list of non-honored members, these are eligible to make the Hall of Fame, but are not currently in it. I'm going to read you off a couple of names. Tony Amante, Jason Arnott, uh, Peter Bondra, Rod Brindamore, Shane Doan, Patrick Eliash, Sergey Gonchar, Bill Guerin. Let's start with, with those guys first. Steve, I, I, I already know. On record. Already know. But could you see Garen getting in before Eliash? No. Really? No. 
right. So for, for 1,240 games played for Patrick Galliash, 408 goals, 617 assists. Bill Guerin, 1,263 games played, 429 goals, 427 points. Uh, Eliash has got two cups. Garen's got two cups and and a, and a, uh, and a Olympic Canada gold slash World Cup title one. Oh, yeah. yeah. World Cup in 96. Sergey Gonchar. Is he going to get is he going to get his name called? Should. He, he, I don't think he will. But if he's been left off this long, I don't see why he would all of a sudden, but but he should. He's, he's a Hall of Fame defenseman in my book. He's right there, Gonchar. I mean, you, you could easily make a case for him. This is a weak class, in my opinion. Oh, of course, you guys. absolutely. No I doubt. Mean, I mean, you know, we're talking about fringe players. You know, like Eliash, Lundqvist, very close. You can make the argument either way. I think they're both guys. You know, Lundqvist never obviously winning um, a cup. He had a Vesna couple of close ones other seasons and he was obviously a very good goalie throughout his career no question but is that just enough like it, it i'm not even sure how you qualify goalie because because it's like one of those like weird positions where like you could win two or three cups but be buoyed by like you know just uh, a bad a team, team in front of you a good team but you're right but like in his case he definitely played in front of some bad teams and played really well and no question. And that definitely is the reason why he's even in the conversation. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's kind of weird. I, I, you could make a number of guys that could potentially get in, but I feel like Gontra, he should get in. I agree. He really should. He's a good and I like, player. I like Eliash. I don't know if what we were talking about with Eliash being, uh, if Steve's, if that's who you were referring to when you said the new Steve's position yeah. on it, but yeah, yeah. if you think about a guy with a thousand points that started his career right, right at the time when offense yeah. went to die in the NHL. Um, that's, that's, that's pretty good production for the era he played in. You're exactly right. I a hundred percent agree with that. That time of before Crosby came on, you know, or late nineties, early two thousands. And he put up 96 points in 2001, 81 points, a couple years later in three, three or four. 40 goals and 38 goals. I mean, he was a good fucking player, man. Yeah. Like he's he was a star in that team. One, two, what, three cups? Two. Two cups. Two, two cups. cups. Two cups. Two cups. So I mean, you know, I, I always like Eliash. I've I've said it before. The A line was one of my favorite teams, one of my favorite lines to watch, just how and Eliash was always a center piece of that line. I mean, come on. He's one of those great all around players. I mean, he did. He's got the points. He doesn't have 500 goals, which tends to be the kind of the barometer for guys that didn't maybe do all the things. Like he didn't have, like, say, I don't, did he ever have a Selkie? I don't think so, right? No, no, no. And he didn't have any of the other major hardware. But, no, you know, hey, he made the All Star game numerous, numerous times, four years, uh, two cups. I mean, that's pretty damn good. Solid play um, in the international stage, which counts. Thousand points and twelve hundred games in in the dead puck era. I mean, you know, not not the entirety of it, but you know, still very, and, very, very, and good. made players around him better. Always, no doubt, 
no doubt. So there, there are some 500 goal scorers on this list. Peter Bondra, mm-hmm. uh, Jeremy Roenick, uh, Keith Kachuk, Pierre Turgeon, and Pat Verbeek. Yep. I think I would have assumed that some of those guys were already in the Hall of Fame. I, I, would, I would have as well. I mean, Jeremy yeah, Roenick, like for a point in time, Roenick. he was yeah. probably – I mean, I, I don't want to say he was one of the best players in the NHL. So he, was the he, he was the face of the game. He was the face. He was the face of the game. The Blackhawks, yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I, you know, it's funny. Bondra, it's not a surprise me he didn't make – he's never been in, in, the, in the Hall of Fame, but he uh, – oh, He was a great player. He, no, because he played in Washington. Right. And he wasn't the big name, you know. I mean, he had 50, 50 goals twice, 45, 46 twice. I mean – he scored goals at a pace, man. He was very good, and he and he scored those goals in the in the late '90s, early 2000s. He was a great player. Yes, he was. You know, I think he just gets overshadowed because yeah, la- lack of shit. flashiness almost costs him. Yeah, right? I mean, like and like very little playoff success. I mean, he never <clears throat> in '97-'98 is the only time he went. Looks like to the third round. That's oh, it. Pierre Zer- Turgeon suffers from that a little bit too, right? A little lack of playoff success. Because if, if anybody who has the stats on this list, it's Pierre Turgeon. Yeah. 1,294 games played, 515 goals, 812 points, 1,327 points. Yep. He just lacks any hardware. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, he would, if, if he didn't get hit, hurt by uh, Dale Hunter, maybe he would have been um, in there much earlier. I mean, he's 1,300 points is a shit ton. But, I mean. But why, but why aren't Pierre Turgeon and Jeremy Roenick in the Hall of Fame? I don't know. That's a great I question. I mean, I they, there that. was a lot of, I, I don't get it either. I mean, they only let so many guys in a year. So maybe it's just, you know, he didn't have the backing. I mean, why isn't uh, Alexander McGillney in the, uh, at, at the, the, another good one we didn't even touch on and, and Henrik Zetterberg there, they've been, they've been talking a lot about, um, but he, he, to me, doesn't have the stats. He may have the, the post season hardware like uh, Justin Williams, but he has Justin Williams stats. Yeah, you know, yeah, a thousand eighty-two games played, three hundred thirty-seven goals, six hundred and twenty-three assists. Okay, so maybe he has more assists than what Justin Williams had, but I mean, just about the same same amount of success in the postseason and on the world stage for for Zetterberg. He was very very good. I don't know if he gets in, but he's not like borderline guy for me. I mean, he was very dominant for a few years. I think that's kind of like the thing, right? How many years were you like a really dominant player? And obviously, Red Wings with Datsuk and Zetterberg were like three, four years, just absolute monster teams. But I mean, he put up a lot of points for a number of years. Maybe it was just wasn't enough to get there. I mean, he, he was pretty consistent, though, looking at his numbers. But he was more, more of an assist guy, right? He's not a big goal scorer uh, later in his career, mostly yeah. um, earlier on. But man, it's he has a gold, gold medal, Sweden. I mean, a couple cups. He's got a lot of the hardware. Uh, it's tough to say where he goes. Only, only had the all-star game twice in his career. There are just too many other better players that aren't in to say it's weird. He should yeah, qualify. He's, a, he's interesting too, because he's got con Smythe in 2008. He won the cup obviously that year. King Clancy in 2015, which isn't really much, but you know, like some of those, that's a lot of stuff, man. He's got a lot of, a lot of pieces to that. They're really kind of a lot. Like when you look at these guys, like when they're making it or they're not, it's like, that's kind of the, the criteria when you're in this range of points sometimes is just 
were they flashy were they big yeah then they have they have the cup they have like individual awards and he's kind of got a number of those things to make it um potentially get there but hey i don't know maybe zetterberg gets in but i don't think he should get in over a guy like turjan or or mcgillney those guys were bona fide no, I, I don't think zetterberg get, gets in over eliash uh, they're very close, man. I don't know. That's I don't know. Then it then it could become more like who's uh you know who gets more votes based on whatever political things these yeah. guys are like in the back of the room. I mean, it does through, boil you know? down to that too, and I think that's yeah. what hurts Roenick at that point. Yeah, he burned all bridges. So yeah, there's his, no reason his mouth hurt him. Right, he he'd be in, <laughs> but let's let's be honest here. He's uh he's been an asshole, and, and nobody gives a shit. <laughs> So you I love that Kaminsky is not in the Hall of Fame and he's eligible. Unbelievable. Uh, how is that? The atrocity. But think of some of the names we're, we're talking about here, like Turjan and McGilney and Ronick, and, and how you would feel as an opponent rolling into town, knowing that you had to play against one of those guys who were dominant players. And then, you know, remember when we had this kind of conversation, I, was it last year, when the Sedden twins got in? Yeah. Like, who the fuck was afraid of the Sedin twins? You know, it's like... I, I, I don't I don't understand it sometimes. Yeah, I mean those guys were dominant enough. That I was more. I'd be more afraid of Bernie Nichols than the Sedin twins. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. These are the weirdest thing to me because they were so good getting points, and if you watch them play, like yeah, they were good players, but I don't know. They never they never seemed to do anything in the playoffs. They never seemed to do anything outside of get a lot of points during the regular season, and I and they just didn't impress me outside of like just being good offensively. I just don't, I don't know. And it was when they paired together. I mean, yeah, they played, I'm sure they played a separate uh, on different lines sometimes, but that's a weird one. They just stat padding all the time. I don't understand why they're in the, if they, yeah, they're, they're just a weird team. I don't get those guys. Oh, and Nolan's another name on that list. I thought he was in the Hall of Fame. Oh, Nolan? Yeah. But I don't know. I, I mean, I I get what Billy's saying about the Sedin twins, and and as, as we joke, but where when you played and and I'm being objective here, when you played the Devils, were you ever afraid of Eliash? I think you were afraid of that a line, absolutely, hundred percent, hundred percent, absolutely. For, okay, for one year, okay. No, that was like three years in total. Yeah, uh, come on. I don't know. I, I, I was more uh, I was more worried about getting the puck past Brodor than I was about Eliash. And and I think he lacks the star power on that team because he wasn't he wasn't the star player on that team. He, no, wasn't he wasn't the face of that. He wasn't the face of the franchise. No, he wasn't. But. You know, the, having better players around you shouldn't cost you necessarily a shot I at agree. the Hall of Fame. I agree. Yeah, you know, coming back to Sedin's. Sorry, I gotta talk about these guys again. This guy he fucking hates the fucking no, Sedin's. No, sorry. <laughs> Holy shit. Listen, listen, listen. Barely. All right, Henrik was definitely the better guy of the two. Okay, just uh, one thousand seven seventy points over thirteen hundred games. So more than the guy, more than more games played than the guys we've been talking about who are like just over a thousand points. Both of them got in. I mean, they Henrik had an Art Ross Trophy. Heart and three all-star games that's it he did nothing else in his career 
You lived in fucking shitty fucking Vancouver. I don't give a shit. Fuck those guys. How do they both get in well, over all these? Now wait, just, audience. just to clarify, <laughs> um, Henrik was the one that looked like a goofy redhead, right? Yeah, they're identical. Yeah, I mean, yes, correct. <laughs> they both looked that way. Yeah, exactly. They I were know. both goofy looking. Uh, that, that's yeah. You're you're right. You're right. But if you're gonna make it in those stats, Jeremy Roenick should be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. It's very simple. Agree. Very simple. 1,363 games played, 513 goals, 703 assists. Sorry, he belongs in the Hall of Fame then. Mm. It'll, be, uh, it'll be quite interesting to, uh, to see who gets in um, tomorrow. Uh, I'm not sure when they're going to announce it, uh, but it looks like, uh, oh, 3 o'clock. 3 o'clock tomorrow yeah. or today I mean- as you're listening. We've How many guys that. get in? Do you remember? Is it like a certain threshold point or something? I'm reading. Uh, it doesn't I don't think they do like a many. minimum, maximum like the yeah. NFL. Because wasn't there like three or four players that one year that got in? Well, there was a year they made a special exemption because of the lockout. Oh, and they and they did like two. They did like an extra back. set, yeah. Yeah, maybe maybe that's what I was thinking of. Mm. I'm not sure. Not sure, but I always like these uh, these conversations about the Hall of Fame, um, and it is very topical. So, moving on. So the uh, are the Devils dealing with the Brat, or did Brat make a deal with the Devils? I think Brat made it. I think. How would you say? I think the Devils come out as winners on this one. Is, is no that what you're asking? There's no question. That what you're did. asking? How does how does how did Brat not fire his agent? Like I, I don't know how you after this was you drag it out this long. Yeah, you drag it out this long and still settle for you know under eight. It's it's weird. I I don't get it. Um, I don't either. You know if you're gonna if you're gonna stick to your guns and say we're gonna hold out then accept the consequences. Like if you're, if you're going to stick to your guns and go, we want that short-term deal so we can make the long-term deal when the cap goes up. And Fitzgerald is like, no, this is the offer. Then you got to play, you got to be willing to play hardball if that's going to be your position. And it seems like that was the situation. And Brad's camp was like, oh, okay, we'll take the deal. And it was for eight years too? Eight years, 7.875, which makes it a nice, even 63 million dollars for number 63. Oh, he's such an idiot. He's such an at idiot. least he didn't have it end in 87 cents. Oh, that would have been stupid. Heaven. So 25.5 million dollars left in cap space. 14 players are signed. Uh, biggest free agent or restricted free agent left is Meyer, and they're said to be in, de- in negotiations with him on an eight-year deal. And he's also public. Fitzgerald has also publicly said that as soon as July first hits, he wants to start talking to Mercer's camp about an extension because mm. that'll be the first. This is last year of ELC, right? Yeah. This, yeah. So that'll be the first. Yeah, that'll be the first day they're able to talk about an extension. <clears throat> and I also and, heard reports they were on the um, they were talking with uh, Hellebuck's camp or Winnipeg about getting Connor Hellebuck, but the, but the Hellebuck thing. Oof. 
I think there's yeah, a big a pause there that the contract he's going to want next is a little ludicrous. <laughs> um, but he would fucking push him right to the top of the list of uh, potential winners for next year. It's a lot of money to, to invest in a it goaltender is. that it never is. played for your team. Yes. How old is Hellebuck? 28. Is he 27, 28. All right. You're right. You got to be 28 to, to go into free agency, right? Unrestricted free agency is 28. It's kind of like the magic number. Yeah. And he had no special exempts, ex- exceptions like, you know, restricted free agency and walking away and all that stuff. So, right. Yeah. I think, I think you're right on the, on the money with that one. But nine and a half million dollars. That's, uh, that's, how does he fucking, how did he say that with straight face? Well, he just said, look, this guy's getting it. And my stats are just as good as his. Yeah. Wow. But Brovsky's well, fucking you, it up for everybody. Yeah. What's that, Bill? Brovsky's fucking it up for everybody. I, I don't I don't I don't get some of these these contracts. Well, I mean, it's been one really brats really upset me. Why would that upset you? Because he got he should have gotten a lot more. Because he took I I don't kind of like a hometown discount. Uh, Yeah, I mean, eight million is still. I don't think he left that much on the table. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think it's that much. What he signed for? Av seven eight seven five. You don't think he's he's an eight point five player? I know. I don't think he's a ten million dollar player, but I think he's in the eights. Hughes is making two five eight five. Somewhere so we left a half range. million dollars on the table per season times eight, four million dollars total. So he left almost ten million dollars on the table. Sure, but how, how are you getting ten million, Bill? Ten Bill? million dollars on the table. Ten million dollars, please. Because I'm taking the higher side. I'm taking the higher side. So it's What's he's running up. He's running about seven or eight million dollars on the table. <laughs> Dumbass. Well, good luck, bro. Left forty-seven million dollars on the table because he took the deal. <laughs> uh, I told you you were going to get awful stats and terrible. Terrible. <laughs> well, believe it or not, the Rangers finally announced a fucking head coach, and he was introduced today um, as as the newest head coach of the New York Rangers. That is Peter Laviolette. A full, uh, what, six days after they made the announcement? Yeah, I, whatever. Well, I think what they were trying to do, and they were alluding to it today, that they were trying to get the coaching staff filled out, um, which they haven't done. They've, But they did announce, they didn't officially announce it, but it's been all over the place that Michael Pekka is going to be joining the Rangers coaching staff, which I'm kind of intrigued to buy. It'll be, um, it'll be interesting. Uh, Larry Brooks put an article about Mark Savard um, and how he could come and run the power play and, and all that jazz. So it'll be interesting to see who comes in and fills out Peter Laviolette's uh, coaching staff. But he did say, listen, he said all of the right things at today's press conference. He, he said about getting the kids more ice time and they'll give them every opportunity to earn the ice time that they so desperately need, yada, yada. Uh, reaching out, playing a defensive first system and making sure that you give it your all every single, like he said, all of the right things that you want to hear a coach say that maybe you didn't hear from Gallant, but we'll see. 
we'll see if he can get these players to, to kind of do this. And as, as much as you, as much as I have um, said unnice things about Gerard Gallant um, and his coaching uh, style, I think a lot of it, a lot, you know, has to go on the players too and the, the way they performed. So let's see. I mean, is this, is how, what, what type of leash do you think Laviolette's going to get? Do you think if if he if he, for one if year he, if they make if they make the playoffs, lose in the first round, he comes back the second year, and and makes it to the second round, is he back for the third year? Sure, he showed progress. Depends. Depends on the, if they if they regress in the regular season, mm. but have a little better year, but not really any better results. That's not going to anything. But if they make steps in the regular season, the team looks better. Maybe they just run into a wall. Yeah. Who cares? You know, like, I mean, you, do you fire people for running into the Panthers? Does Carolina blow it up because Panthers just were monsters? Do, you know, all these teams just in the East, do they just go, fuck it, man. We were like easily a deep, deep, you know, the whole conference was very deep. Florida comes out that number eight seed of that. Yeah. Does Boston blow it up because of that? I, I to be honest, like it's it looks well, more it's on, happen anyway. <laughs> yeah, for different reasons. But my point <laughs> yeah, is not exactly. that. Right? It's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> maybe an example, but yeah, <laughs> it just it's just one of those things, right? Sometimes it happens. You run into a tough team in the playoffs, but um, yeah, it depends on the whole thing. Like, are you is the team developing? Do they have guys coming in into the system to replace the older guys? That to me is more important than just playoff uh, success every time. So has Lane Lambert come back for a third year this year, Nick? How does he come back for a third year? <laughs> Good fucking question. Um, well, he has to in year two make make pro like good progress, like consistency. If there's so no consistency the in the team, so they have to make the playoffs. Of course, they make the playoffs. That's you know, this is a team that's built to win. It's not a team that's in a rebuild. If it was, then playoffs wouldn't be in any question. But the the forward group is all aging to thirties for the most part, and they're in win win mail mode. They have to get a deep run in the playoffs. There's no question. That's the goal. But I mean, I don't. That's the first piece of this whole thing is you have to get consistency consistency throughout the whole season with this this group, and that starts with Lane Lambert because Trotz had that for a number of years outside of the you know, COVID year where everything was up and down uh, mm. previous year. But I mean, that's, that's the biggest piece. I mean, if you can't get your, your squad to, to night in and out, be, night in and out, be a consistent squad. I don't see how you're going to make it for this season. You did not have that last year. Certain guys looked like shit that would look, looked great under trots. And that's not good, man. You, you can't, you can't look at the players and go, Hey, it's you the whole time. Because eventually, if the team is starting to really sag under under a different coach that were and especially one of certain players that were looking really good before, I mean, you can make the argument that maybe that that co- that kind of coaching style sheltered those guys, but it's it, it, I think it's the opposite. I think it's it's really showing that those guys are not able to to fl- to, to really prosper in a, in, a, in a program that's just not really working real well right now. So we'll see. I'm going to end the lobby let thing on this. You talked about holding players accountable. Like everybody does. 
um, how he gets these players to be held accountable, I think is going to be extremely interesting to watch unfold all year. Are the players going to buy into, did you get it? No, I didn't get it. You didn't get it. Damn it. Um, it would be very interesting to see if the players are going to buy in to what Laviolette is, is feeding them and, and how much these quote unquote superstars buy in. Uh, other news for the Rangers this week is they signed uh, Zach Jones to a contract extension. Um, and right now you, you got to pencil him in as your third pair left defenseman popular to play with Ben Harper. Um, so your defense is pretty, um, pretty well established now. Um, you're probably looking for a veteran um, cheap defenseman to be your seventh guy. Um, if not, I, I, I don't think that you're going to see Libor Hayek be your seventh defenseman again. Um, did they fucking trade him? I, gotta re- I don't even remember if they tra- traded him or not. He is so far removed from my memory banks that I hope never to hear his name ever again. <clears throat> um, but, you know, between now and the draft, you know, the Rangers have, like all of our teams, have certain things that they need to do and formulate a plan for the draft. And then right after the draft on July 1st um, and the Rangers, it was very easy. It was get a coach, um, fill out the coaching staff as best you can, hopefully prior, but I don't necessarily need think you need to fill out the coaching staff prior to the draft or prior to free agency. Um, you're going to have to get it done quick, quickly though. Uh, and they're well on their way with, with getting Pekka to do it. But now, um, you're, you're now it's about re-signing your restricted free agents and finding out what you're going to do with them. And there's two top restricted free agents that the Rangers need to focus on. And that's Alexi Lafreniere and what you're going to do with him and Keandre Miller is to get those two re-signed. And, um, if you can re-sign them prior to the draft, um, great, but I think you want to get them re-signed prior to July one as best you can. Um, so you know exactly how much you have to spend and, and, maybe not have to force a move or two in there to fit everybody under the cap where it's going to be fucking tight already. And the draft this year, I think is going to be fascinating with moves um, with not only draft picks moving, but with contracts moving and where those contracts are going to go. You know, Philadelphia is already trying to clean. And by the way, did y'all see fuck the flyers? Did y'all see their new fucking jerseys this year? For this year that were, were announced today on Twitter, they look just like the ones that from last year. Now, actually, they're they probably look more like the ones from the late 90s and, and early 2000s than they do from the last couple of years, except they put like on the orange jersey, they put the name on a white nameplate. It's just fucking awful awful don't put a white nameplate on an orange jersey you idiots well philly fans will love that though i mean you gotta know your audience uh, 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 that's true true. anyway sorry but they they are certainly one of the teams that are looking to clean house and you know are the rangers going to move goudreau i don't think they're going to buy him out i really don't i don't his contract they saved more money on his contract by buying him out this year. They actually gained $250,000. I don't understand how that works. 
Um, but I, I, I think there's a trade market. I think he's a tradable player where you don't have to buy him out. Um, but I think that's your plan. Your, your plan is to get your coaching staff established, get, get ready for the draft and, and see what moves you can make at the draft. Get your restricted free agent signed, hopefully prior to July 1st or just soon after that, and know exactly what you're going to spend on them. And then whatever money you have remaining, go use it on July 1st and do what you need to do to improve your team and get ready for training camp. You're that's, talking about just depth pieces you need, right? Uh, Obviously. what There's nothing else they can do but depth players. Just depth players. Tyler Mott, un, unless you can trade Barkley Gujo's contract. And, and somehow generate more cap space this year, which you don't have any because barring what you pay Keandre Miller and Alexei Lafreniere, there's your money. There's your money this year. So you might only have $1.25 million to spend on a Tyler Mott to kind of solidify what your fourth line could be. So what about, what about you guys? I mean, is this, is that plan for everybody or is this, is this different per team? I'm kind of curious. Bill, what, do you, what are the Penguins doing? Well, the Penguins, uh, it's interesting because, you know, when when we had the old regime, that the, when we had those guys that we missed so so dearly, Hextall uh, and Burke running the show, I would have said, obviously, this the, the, the whole team's going down the tubes and there's no, you know, they're, they're not going to make the playoffs next year. But now you've got Dubas coming in. So what's his what's his plan going to be? And and I, I think you know when when you think about the the top two lines performed for the Penguins last year, and it was just the the dreck of the third and fourth line doing zip all season that that really cost them. Like they missed the playoffs by a point, and and the goaltending uh, inconsistencies. Can Dubas? kind of address those things on the cheap is he that you know he's supposed to be this guru that that really knows talent and really knows where guys are undervalued can he pick up some undervalued guys and rebuild the the depth part of the team and and make them a, a contender to get to the playoffs again like and i i'm not delusional they're you know even if they're playoff contenders they're not going to win the cup obviously i know that but but you know that i think that that could be in his plan to at least try to to rebuild some of those depth parts which Maybe they're not as expensive and they do have a little bit of cap space to play with, but like the, the one big decision they've got to make like off of, off, off of the roster from last year is Jason Zucker. Well, two big decisions, Jason Zucker and obviously Tristan Jari um, Zucker, who, who finally had the kind of season they were always hoping he would have last year. You know, it was just kind of in a wasted uh, effort, but, um, but he was finally the player that they wanted to see uh, all those years. He stayed relatively healthy and contributed he really carried that second line, not Malkin. Um, so him being a free agent, uh, can they get him back? Can does does he want to does he want to be back? Does he want to maybe take a, a team friendly deal like we've been talking about with some other guys to get back on the Penguins and, and still contribute there? So that's a big decision they're going to have to make. They're going to have to see where where Zucker's at with free agency and and what his interest level is in returning. Um, and then obviously the goaltending situation with Jari. Uh, yeah. I, that's a pickle. I don't know. I don't know who's out there. And uh, I, I have no answers. I have no answers, no suggestions. It's a, it's a mess. I don't know if I trust Jari, but, but Dubas has to know if, again, like if, if his health issues could be anticipated to be something in the past and they really want to go after him hard or, uh, or, or if it's time to cut him loose. Um, but then 
the flip side of that being the draft, you know, um, you know, you don't want to, he, he's got to start rebuilding and, and building up their system again. <clears throat> so he's got a draft, he's got to draft well. <laughs> and, uh, and I, I wouldn't anticipate trying to fill holes with moving draft capital unless you're, you're talking about something where he can get a young guy at a bargain for like a late round pick, you know, uh, otherwise I, I think they got to hang on to their draft picks and, uh, and start rebuilding. So there, there's a, there's a couple of guys who are uh, on a, you know, buyout lists. Um, one of those guys is Brendan Gallagher. He's his cap hit is 6.5 his buyout. I mean, you could probably sign him for, you know, a million dollars a year or in that range. He seems like the perfect third, fourth line guy, not only for the penguins, but you know, Rangers as well. Um, he's that, that kind of guy who just has a motor when healthy that doesn't go off, but can at what 31 years old, can he sustain being healthy for, for, for a full year and play the way that we know he, he plays, you know, it'd be like the, the second whole, youngest Brandon, player. On it's the, the whole Brandon Dubinsky thing, right. And Ryan Callahan, the, these type of players that go out and, and play and hit and play that third and fourth line tough style and just get hurt all the time, especially as they get older. So, I mean, it, He's got to be somebody on, on your list, right? Of guys that could potentially help that third and fourth line. Anybody who they can get on the cheap. Yeah. Yeah. Who could have an impact. I mean, they got to have their eyes open for that. That's, that's going to yeah. be the key. And I think you got to look at, at those, those buyout guys. I mean, I don't, I don't know how, how hot everybody is on, on about Oliver Ekman Larson. Um, but he is, he is certainly a guy who could come on the cheap. Yep. Nick, Kyle's my look at Icelanders. From the draft perspective, uh, we don't have a first, so it's going to be likely. In, uh, what I, I foresee happening is either I'm trying to move Bailey in the draft to get anything. Um, what does he have left on his contract? I mean, I know you've said it in the past, but I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, I think it's one year. Was it one year <clears throat> five? It's one year five. That was right. One year okay. five. It's just this year. It's not a, a difficult contract to move from the perspective of just it's this year's. I think no, but can... you're not going to get a first round pick for that. <laughs> oh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I mean, unless Lou does some crazy deal to devil. Listen, I mean, if he not does, gonna happen, but he already he automatically wins Jim of the year for next year. I mean, come on. If he can move him and somebody else, some prospect <laughs> that doesn't make sense to get some back in the first round, sure. So I don't. There's from a perspective of like, what do we need? They need a center, um, like a true center that can come in and, and start to take over down the road because, you know, Barzal's 26. He's going to be the top. Him and Barzal are Horvat, 26 and 28, right? Those two guys, they can both play center. Barzal's really better of a wing, to be honest, but he probably will, will could slip back if, if, on, if, um, Brock Delson, whose deal comes up in, uh, He's got two more years left on his deal. He could come back. He's 31 right now. He'll be 33 when, his, when he's a UFA. But he's not signed for $60 million a year, again, unless the cap goes up you know, a ton. So my point being that we don't have really a lot of center depth. Uh, that would be the spot, I think, that they would need to, to really kind of target. The defensemen right now are all pretty young. The oldest defenseman in our starting lineup is 28, and that's both. Kulak and Pelican are both 28. 
Dobson and Romanov are 23. Uh, Sam uh, Bolduc, who just got signed, re-signed for two years uh, today. Or yes, today? Today. Today. Uh, 20, yeah, 800K to two years. He's 22. He's going to be the replacement for Mayfield, who's gone. We can't re-sign him. He's going to go get money somewhere. If he resigns, it'd be for it'd be a shock to me because I just he can go on the market and get like four mil probably from somebody, and we just won't be able to to handle that. Um, but yeah, whoever they can get, um, I'd love to see them luck into a position where they get that Russian kid in the, somehow get in the first round. But I don't think that kid's gonna get past uh, uh, the Caps. The Caps are probably gonna pull him off. And, and were they number nine? The Caps were they number ten somewhere around there, right? Yeah. Yeah, they were. I forget where they were in the in the, in the some, but Yeah, they're in that late uh, top ten. Yeah, but that, that kid, uh, what's his name? Makachev, Makachev, something. Yeah, yeah. I don't have it up right now, but he um, he was number he was number two guy behind Bedard, and there's a big difference, obviously, in number one, number two, and any well, number one and anybody else this year. Bedard's obviously the far and away best prospect in the pool, and uh, the, that kid was apparently number two in a lot of boards. And um, Russian factor is going to really tank a lot of the Russians this year. So we'll really be interesting to see. I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Lou goes after somebody like that. That's like drops a lot because of the uncertainty with uh, the Russian. Um, Look, it's not like the Islanders are really up against the cap and you have pretty much everybody resigned that you want to sign. Probably well, have two, it's, with, it's, two, two roster spots that are available. So, so I was looking at this before. Effectively, Wallstrom is going to come back on an RFA on a, a small deal. He hasn't played particularly well. He was hurt for um, blew his knee out in December, I think it was last year, and and basically just he hasn't put up a lot of points. He's not going to get a big deal. He's probably going to get a 1.5, maybe maybe two mil at most, bridge deal or something. Um, and then um, outside of that, you have Engvall. Varlamov and potentially Parise resigning. I think Mayfield's gone. Um, and Varlamov's going to come back cheap. He's already said he wants to come back, and he'll probably come back for, like, let's say $2 million a year or something as a, as a backup. Um, and Parise might come back if he wants to. If he comes back, we'll give him money. He scored 20 goals at the league minimum last year. 100% he gets signed. Like, no question. They will cut. I don't know. They'll they'll throw Martin and Clutterbuck over the edge of the cliff. If, if Parise comes back <laughs> and they have to, I don't think they'll do that. They won't. They'll just give them canes and tell them to go sit in the fucking post, the, the player's box. They won't though. They'll play the whole year and, you know, drive me nuts the whole year. Uh, Engvall's <laughs> the only guy they have to really resign. That is a UFA. And I say that they have to resign because he really added an element to the second line and the speed and, shiftiness of that guy just worked so well with Nelson and Mary. That line was awesome to watch. Um, by far best line in the last month and in the playoffs. Um, and if, if they can retain Lingball and that get that magic back in that second line, and hopefully you hope Horvat and Barzal can figure it out with Lee in the first line and have actual a real a real top six, you know. That's the hope because they got Plenty of guys can play a bomb. I'm not, I'm not too concerned about that. So, um, but all this, all this, all depends on them moving Bailey. They got him with Bailey's contract, five mil. Open it up and get, get rid of him. Um, well, already, look, yeah. if if 
if you guys are, are, are in need of a center, Tom, they're not there, doing there this been any... deal with you, whatever you're going to propose. They're not going to do it. Well, has, has there been any talk about Pierre-Luc Dubois out of, out of Winnipeg and maybe putting Bailey in it as part of a package up to Winnipeg? I think he goes to a team that uh, is drafting uh, number one overall this year. I think Chicago could use a guy to help get Bedard into the, you know, and a couple of other kids, you know, they, they have. Bedard's not a center. I have no idea what position he plays other than forward. Yeah, he's a center. center. Is he center? But the point being, like, just having like a guy there to help him get him. Yeah, you don't to... thrust him yeah. into the one center position. Oh, he's going to be one center position. No. You think he's not? <laughs> I think well, like you're saying, you get it, you get a veteran to play once, you know, your for top line. And then you, you yeah. ease him in. But well, I don't think point is, I don't think it's gonna be Pierre Luc Dubois, though. That's gonna be that number one center for Chicago. I, I why don't not? Know. I don't know if I see that. Because he doesn't want to go there. He's not gonna want to go there and and what go through a rebuild for the next three years. Till he can sign. I'm or, sure Bedard expedites it a little bit, but or two years and then yeah. forces a trade his last year to Montreal. <laughs> yeah. But again, yeah. at that point, do, do you want him? I'm not sure you want yeah. him now, but he's just probably the biggest, the biggest name for a center that, that could be out there that could potentially play with those guys. And he's a big guy and playing with the big guys that are already in Long Island might be a good fit. Just saying. That's all I was saying. Good for you. We'll see. We'll see. That's all I was saying. And now I guess we got to talk about the Devils. No. And what no, we did are. that already. We did already. We did. We did that already. What, what are we gonna we talk about? That? We're gonna talk about fucking Travis Green. No, thanks. Pass. It's a parallel move. <laughs> hey, what's what the matter with Travis about? Green? Is he gonna come in there and uh... fix your power play? Right? <laughs> no, he's not. There. Adam Oates back. Answer that. No, absolutely not. <laughs> I want you know. Give Sergey Brillin the job for your give power him, play. Give him more responsibility. Sure, why not? Give him more responsibility. Just because you didn't do it as a, just because you didn't do it in the NHL doesn't mean you don't know how to fix it, okay. right? Just because he wasn't on the power play doesn't mean he doesn't know how to run an effective power play. He was never on a power play. No, <laughs> most coaches are way better than than uh, than what they were as than they were as players. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. I, Peter Laviolette. <laughs> <laughs> And now it's time for Trivia with Bill. Now this is the wrong bell. This is, you guys are going to love this question today. I love this question today. It makes me so happy. Okay. Who is the youngest NHL captain to ever hoist the Stanley Cup? Wayne Gretzky. Incorrect. Good guess. Correct. Casey Fouchere. Not Is Gretzky yet. ever a captain? Not... Yeah, he was captain yeah, of the Oilers. captain of the Oilers. He's captain everywhere he until captain? the Rangers. Christ. Was he actually captain? He was there? captain of the Kings, yeah. Uh, Brian Trottier. Right. Uh, incorrect. Brian Ingvall. Oh, yeah. No, that's not a good Bill Ingvall. Pierre Ingvall. That's it. Ooh, <laughs> these guesses are getting pretty Alex bad. Steen. <laughs> Uh, Hall of Fame, uh, Ron Hainsey, Scott Stevens. Hainsey was like the oldest guy to ever play his first playoff game. Um, no, no, not Scott Stevens. Uh, Scott Stevens in 1995. 
Um, still not Scott Stevens. 2000. No. How about Zdeno Chara? Nah. Don't say it. Was, it. was it Devin Taves? <laughs> no, not Jonathan Devin. Taves. No, none of the Taves brothers. No. <laughs> Any of the Sittlers? <laughs> Sittlers. What a what a no. what a hockey family. <laughs> Linger longer. Jean Sebastian Jaguer. No, not, not sure. he wasn't the captain. Goalies aren't captains. I, I know, Bill. I know. Uh, to, to the listeners out there, I'm just going to do this to put us all out of our misery. Uh, I don't want to do it, but I'm going to do it in an effort to save everyone some time. Connor McDavid, obviously, best player in the NHL. <laughs> Sidney uh, Crosby. Yes, that's correct. Good job, Steve. That's correct. Ugh. How young was he? I don't know. You want me to look that up too? I, I, no. Oh, it doesn't, doesn't say in the. It doesn't stay in the trivia book. No, the trivia book doesn't give you a shit context. They give you <laughs> nothing. They give you a question and an answer. Well, he, he 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 usually does prepare. I would have been yeah. That would have been something nice. A nice little nugget. So 2009, and he was born in 87. Right. So uh, he was 27. It wasn't his birthday yet. So uh, 46. He was, he was 21 years old. How about that? 21 in how many days? I don't know a lot. <laughs> closer to 22, if you're. It was closer room. to 22 for sure. And now it's time for impressions with Nick. Fucking great. Ladies and gentlemen, the Friends of Bravo podcast. We're going to the fastest two minutes of this Type 45 show. It's the 20 Questions Power Play. Nice. Rules are simple. Group is two minutes to guess a famous player, coach. Front office, or any famous plant person associated with one of the four friends and rivals' favorite teams. The group can ask up to 20 questions in rapid fire. Answers will only come in the form of yes or no. The group will have to make a final guess once they've hit 20 questions or the power play has expired. The group is successful and win for the week and avoid shame for unable to win at a children's game. And away we go. Player associated with the New York Rangers. Yes. Is this player also associated with the New Jersey Devils? No. Is this player also associated with the Pittsburgh Penguins? No. Was this person also associated with the New York Icelanders? Yes. Ranger Ranger. I never get those. Yeah. Is this player a forward? No. Is this player a forward? No. Person a defenseman? Yes. And it wasn't Brian Burrard. I already guessed that. Did this person uh, play in the 80s? No. Person played in the 90s? Yes. Rich Pilon. I was going to say no. Rich Pilon. Did this player also play in the 2000s? Yes. Matthew Schneider? No. This player won a cup with the Rangers? No. Is this player more notable from playing with the Islanders? Yes. Is this player Canadian? No. Was this player? No. Was this player ever an all star? Yeah. Yes. 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 Definitely. Yes. Yes. I wasn't expecting you to say that. 
Vladimir Malakov. No, he was a he devil. Was a devil. Player an offensive defenseman. Uh, yeah. Not particularly. Star. I guess. Uh, yes. Yeah. Power play one. Power I don't know. What kind of one? What kind of question is that? Like, is it is it an offensive? It's a fucking easy question. What do you mean? Kind of it's question? not. It's he's an all round defenseman. So he's not an offensive defenseman. He's an all-around. He's not Shane Goss's bear. No, that's not our guess. We don't. We don't guess that player. I understand that. I understand that. Because you said it. (laughs) That would be a terrible guess. Because you know the answer. (sighs) And why would you guess something if you know the answer? Yeah. Uh, Alexei Zhitnik. Good guess. (laughs) That was. That's a good guess. Zinek played for both teams, I think, right? I don't think he played for the Rangers, though. He played for Buffalo. Uh, okay, he didn't play for the Rangers at all. So we no. are down to 15 for 29. The Uh-oh. answer lies in who was drafted number one overall on today's date in Wasn't... 1992 by the Tampa Bay Lightning. Roman Hammerlick? Roman the Hammer Hammerlick. When did Hammerlick play for the Rangers? He played 12 games for the Rangers. That's actually the, the like the red herring. In the end of his career, he played 12 this games. This fucking last guy year. and his fucking 12 traded. games always. He played always. for hey Islanders was the right the right uh, question. Always then, somebody uh, with a cup of coffee. All, all I, he has I, to I, do is get a hot dog at the Garden, and he qualifies. And for he can count. <laughs> I I don't <laughs> recall Alexei Zhitn, uh or not Alexei Zhitnik. Hammerlick. Roman Hammerlick playing for the Rangers ever. Yeah. What year was yeah. it? 12-13. You got you played 12 games. He got traded from the Capitals, and they only played two games in playoffs. So I'm guessing he didn't. It was depth signing for the Rangers at that point. He didn't play the whole time, or he got hurt in the playoffs. I don't know. It was death signing. Yes. Yeah, it certainly it was. was. Yeah. <laughs> Fun fact: two, two Tampa Bay Lightning have been drafted today, number one overall. Who was the other guy? Vincent Lecavalier. No, not Vincent. Stamkos. Stamkos. That's what I said. Same day. That's what I said. No, I said it. You guys all said. I said timing. it before you did it. I you got to no, speak up. Gotta Adam Graves. Gotta speak up. Hey. Boy. All right, let's go to this date in Steve's stomach. <sighs> oh, that feels better. Brought to you by Coca Cola Zero Sugar. This one's going to bring us to the year of our Lord, 2015. Please go to May 6th, May 6th, 5, 6, 2, 0, 1, 5. 
May 6th was a Wednesday. Ooh, Wednesday. No, I wasn't working there yet. <laughs> Breakfast was a Coke Zero 20 ounce and a Milky Way. Throwing it back to my high school breakfast days. Uh, lunch was a Coke Zero 20 ounce and a chicken cheese steak. Uh, after work, I mm-hmm. mowed the lawn and then enjoyed a delicious grilled chicken sandwich with fresh mozzarella and roasted red peppers and a can of Coca-Cola Zero Sugar. Why did you pick Wednesday, May 6th in the year 2015? God damn it. I can't get to the fucking article now. Why is God that? damn it. It's been Are you blocked. fucking kidding me? It's been blocked because it's in very bad taste. <laughs> no. Fucking... Oh, no. The Globe and Mail. It's a fucking Canadian fucking... Uh. I was able to fucking read this yesterday. What What the hell? Can you paraphrase for us? Yeah, this fucking chick was arrested for uh, Halifax judge finds women guilty of indecent act on an airplane. Ew. Was she like sucking it off? No, she she had, I don't know, she drank a lot at the airport and then a lot on the plane and the guy sitting next to her bought her more to drink. And Smart. Smart. They exactly my point. Um, <laughs> and they started diddling each other and they got caught and yada yada. Tom's a creep. Tom is a weirdo. Where does he come up with the shit? It's so disgusting. Oh, so it was on somebody else that she wasn't doing it to the airplane. She wasn't like trying to have sex with the airplane. That would be if fully wow. expected. What, one of your stories. What, what, don't, that don't would be one what, of your stories, Tom. Come on, that's true. Part of the airplane. Would she be doing? Read, read the headline again. <laughs> Halifax judge finds woman guilty of indecent act on airplane. See, it makes it seem like she did it to the airplane. Yeah, makes it seem like she's doing it to the airplane. You are. You are you're so right. <laughs> so right god damn it that pissed me off it was a good article too yeah i'm sure a lot of good funny things yeah i'm sure god damn it all right it's an hour and 15 minutes <laughs> we're still early we'll be up by 15 tops i told you nine o'clock didn't want to listen didn't want to listen nope 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 this is where you wrap it up I was looking to see if anybody left us a review. No, you're good. Come on. Let's get fucking real. <laughs> Has it been definitely... like two years since somebody left us a review? <laughs> it's been um it's a while. Been almost a year. July. I think the 11th. last review was was the one that Steve Shadow wrote through somebody else and what? claimed that he uh he had nothing to do with it. Uh no, I think this is a ball team leader. I think this was Nick's brother who kept <laughs> complaining about Nick's microphone quality being shit. 100 my brother. <laughs> That's all he ribs me on. Oh, this is the podcast. You still sound like shit. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. Appreciate it. Other than like five players in the draft, does anybody have any idea who your team is gonna draft? No. Yeah, I can tell you who I hope they don't get. Another fucking Russian because they just never want to leave the KHL. Who do you have that doesn't want to leave the KHL? There's a there's a guy, Artsy. The center for the 76ers? No, no, no. He's not on he's not a devil anymore. He's he's a 
property of the San Jose Shark now. Oh, that's right. Yeah. No, there's a there's a there's a winger that is playing well in the KHL, and he he wanted to sign one more contract with uh, that St. Petersburg franchise. Uh, and then there he's rumored to be coming over next year, but he's primed to come over this year. He want what it is is he wants to come over and go right to the NHL. He doesn't want to spend any time in, uh, in Utica. Yeah, that never goes well. And if he came never. over now, he'd have to kind of have to prove himself first. Yeah, has to tell every, the how well every Ru- every Russian yeah. we've had on the aisles that's had that same mentality has not made it. Yeah, all. I don't I don't expect. Good. Do they equate the KHL to be equivalent to the NHL? In their own Russian, mind, they do. Yes, I, Russians I think more find it higher. Russians find it high. They feel it's a higher. They feel like they're going down when they come over here to play in the NHL. <laughs> we should. It's we should investigate that. Who was the last yeah. KHL player to come over and just fucking light it up in the NHL? And Aaron might have been right. Yeah. That guy was fucking undrafted is beyond me. All right, that's going to do it. Don't forget to follow us on the Twitter at friend. He shaved his head, by the way. He doesn't have the fucking the, uh, the Brady Bunch hairstyle anymore. He fucking he shaved Francisco his head. Do it? Huh? Did he see Francisco Lindor do it? And just got, uh, <laughs> did he really do it? Yeah. Well, maybe they did it for the same reasons. He wanted to ward off the evil spirits that have been with him for the past couple of that years. That were living in his hair? I, uh, listen, he, he wants to change. He's trying to change the narrative. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Okay. I, I didn't I didn't think he, he was going to go all fucking Brizgalov off on us. I hope he doesn't. I hope this is just a one and done thing. All right. Don't forget to follow us on the Twitter at friends underscore arrivals. Uh, Facebook, YouTube, Friends and Rivals podcast. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We will read them on the air if you want us to. Turn on notifications for the Friends and Rivals podcast so you never miss an episode. Billy, say something with I know nobody's going to laugh at this because this, this is just an observation and, and only a couple of people who listen are probably going to understand this, but but I, this week, had a, had a snack. I was a little hungry and I got a snack and we had some blueberries in the house and I just had a bowl of blueberries and fucking God damn it, they are a standalone fruit. They are a standalone fruit. <laughs> Satellites gone up to the skies Things like that drive me out of my mind I watched it for a little while I like to watch things on TV Satellite of love Satellite of love Satellite of love Satellite